Welcome to this amazing episode with energy coach Aaliyah Lovely from Spiritual Shit. Before we get into our conversation and our coaching session, which I find the calls to be immensely helpful and would highly suggest working with Aaliyah or listening to and supporting her podcast, I will link her website below. I wanted to share the homework that she had assigned me after a week two in order to proceed and move forward. I was given a little bit of things to work on. So my assignment was to meditate and reflect on my core wounds. And I call these my biggest traumas that have really impacted me and shaken me to the core, as I state in one of the paragraphs. So after reflecting and meditating on these cords of attachment, which need cutting, I wrote a follow-up letter to just reflect on. So I wanted to share that with you all because I felt it would be immensely helpful for myself to help surrender it up to the universe and perhaps some of you can resonate. When reflecting and meditating on cutting cords of attachment. So here it goes. Aaliyah. When reflecting and meditating on cutting cords of attachment, some situations came up I felt need to be cleared. These instances show up repeatedly that I feel weigh heavily on my heart. The situations differ but all hold the same underlying wound. The fear of rejection, abandonment, and feeling not good enough, unwanted, and unlovable. These experiences, although shaping me and building character, may still be trapped in my energetic body. Through this, it may alter my ability to move forward and manifest my dreams. Core wounding and negative subconscious beliefs are limiting when not released or worked through. I will reflect upon them below to shed light, come to terms with these traumas, and hopefully in turn, let them go to live up to my fullest potential. Trauma number one, being adopted. Core wound, I am unwanted, not lovable, and something is inherently wrong with me. As a newborn, I was adopted. I can understand now as a grown adult woman what the reasoning behind adoption was. I can comprehend that adoption is in fact an extremely giving, loving, and selfless act. As someone who has had an abortion, I can view this as one of the kindest things a woman can do. However, as a young child, I could not help but wonder what was so wrong with me that my very own parents did not want me. I was convinced I was different, flawed, and inherently unworthy. I felt saddened, confused, and abandoned by my own very blood. I took this on as a kid, adolescent, and teenager, frustrated that I was not like everyone else and internalized this as something I hated about myself. Not knowing where I came from and having all these unanswered questions, including a longing for my birth parents, has always been something I've grappled with, even till this day. I've been working on and still am forgiving my birth parents, forgiving myself for my resentful feelings, and mostly forgiving my adoptive mother for the way that she handled things, the secrets she swept under the rug regarding my adoption. Trauma number two, death of father, core wound, fear of grief, linking loving someone to loss, pain of abandonment, and feeling helpless. The age of 15 years old, my adoptive father died. Growing up, he was always sick, but it was not until the last few years of his life that he was terminally ill. At the age of 21 years old, he joined the military, and while in the army getting a shot that was supposed to vaccinate him for hepatitis C, he ended up contracting the disease. He 
he was chronically ill and had diabetes on top of his degenerative disease. As a child, my father was rarely around, in and out of hospitals, attending appointments, and always aggravated. Neither of my parents were emotionally available. My mother was attending to my father, and there were more times than not I would hear my father screaming out in pain, watching his agony and suffering as there was little I could do. It left me feeling afraid. As a result, I avoided my father whenever I could. I will never forget the time I found my father lying on the floor and had to call 911 and request an ambulance for him as an emerging adolescent. After getting a liver transplant on my 12th birthday, his new organ rejected and developed into liver cancer. At 15, he was put into home hospice care as we were told his condition was progressing. There was nothing else that could be done. After weeks of decomposing in my downstairs, the last thing I told my father was, I love you, as I left for school in the 10th grade. Once my father passed, I developed a wide variety of mental and behavioral health issues such as self-harm, eating disorders, and bipolar depression, in addition to being bullied in school for my appearance and being quote-unquote weird. I now have a good relationship with my father who I see as my guardian angel, as he will come through to me in my dreams and sometimes in my waking state. Despite our communication and the closeness I feel towards him, this was an exceedingly difficult loss to process as a teenager and has left me with feelings that all love ends in loss. Grief still is one of the hardest emotions for me to deal with and I try to avoid it at every cost. Trauma number three, domestic violence slash narcissistic abuse. Core wound, I am damaged, broken, and unworthy of love. My best is not enough. Love hurts me. As an HSP empath, all I have ever dreamed of my whole life was finding love. My first few relationships in my teens and early 20s were toxic and emotionally dysfunctional. I would say most of the unhealthy relationships took the form of emotional and verbal abuse. At the age of 18, I was sexually assaulted my first semester of college and I retreated into my shell after that, giving up on love. At 21 years old, my sister introduced me to this man who I ended up going out with and feeling was out of my league. He appeared to be Prince Charming, and I was convinced he was too good to be true. After a month or so of dating, I soon learned that this was indeed the case. It started with verbal jabs and mental control. When I tried to consult with my sister and mother about this, I was told I was too dramatic, over-exaggerating, and must stop being so sensitive. Granted, I was told this my entire life, so I learned to ignore my intuition and tried to just get over it. I stayed in the relationship while my psychiatric state began to rapidly decline. The manipulation, possessiveness, and constant butchering of my self-esteem in the relationship got worse, so I was convinced there was something I was doing wrong. My ex would always remind me of what a bad, stupid person I was, so I figured if I could change myself, the relationship would improve. While feeling weak and suicidal, I began to feel the only way for me to leave the relationship would be if I killed myself. I thought my ex might perhaps kill me first, but I really could not see another way. He would tell me daily how if I were to ever break up with him, I would ruin his life so he would have no other choice than to take his own life. After staying in the relationship on and off for the next year, there was much sexual and even physical abuse, especially when he would drink, and I would try and I would go on to take my own life, try to take my own life on many accounts. After being diagnosed with cancer in 2017, I knew if I did not cut the relationship for good, it would end up killing me. I ultimately decided to end the relationship and have been trying to pick up the pieces and heal since. This is probably my most traumatic, troubling memory, and I view it as even harder than the loss of my own father for some reason I don't know. 
The relationship shook me who I was to the core, but the loving part of me feels extremely grateful to have had made it out on the other side. I believe this is my soul's choice to experience such a tragedy because my only hope is to now use that to help others through sharing my story. For some reason I cannot explain, I still do very care I still do care very much for my ex, which leaves me feeling confused and perhaps even frustrated with myself. I feel it has impacted my ability to be in a healthy, loving partnership. Just kind of covering what happened since our last session. Um, did you feel any shifts, anything come up, things like that? Um, take notes on that before we go into another reading and then figure it out what's going to be on par for the next one, okay? Of course. Yeah, a All lot right. has come up and I found our session extremely helpful. Good. So what happened? Um, a lot of, um, I agree with what you said, a lot of heart stuff and in my solar plexus, definitely my heart has felt tremendously heavy the last few weeks, but I took your advice on the job to not apply. And it's so funny because I actually got two calls that week from jobs. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, yep, this was it all along. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess I just have a lot of questions as to, you know, I heard from this one job that I would describe it more like a dream job, the job that I've been wanting. Um, and it was to work in the criminal justice system and go into correctional facilities and really help um, people that have had these experiences and do motivational coaching and speaking. And that's like, that's it for me. It just really resonates with my heart so fully. But, um, you know, I had an interview and it's been like two weeks and I haven't heard back. And I just keep asking, like, why would the universe present me something that I want so bad and then it elude me? So I guess I'm just kind of confused because I did get a job offer on Saturday, but it's from not, job? it's from another job. Yeah. And it's, um, I think I'm describing it as like a better than nothing kind of thing where I'm like, well, maybe I'll just take it. It's not like a hell yes for me, but I might lose the opportunity. So I should just take it. So I guess I'm just a little stuck there. Um, I have this one job on the other end that I would love. And this job I was offered, I'm just kind of like, it's a scarcity lack mentality where I'm just like, yeah, if I don't take it now, I'm going to lose it. So yeah. what's really beautiful about that was I was thinking that as you said it. Yeah. <laughs> so the self-awareness there is really great. Um, what I, what I want to say to this first part is um, this has happened to me a, a bazillion times. <laughs> it's something you really, really want. And then because you can't get the thing you really, really want, you settle for the thing that's closest by. And then the thing that you really, really want ends up fanning away, basically. And while I don't necessarily believe that the universe tests us per se, I do feel that there's always kind of a lesson that comes in and says, how bad do you really want this? And even though, like, say, say you decide to decline on this better than nothing job and you still don't get the other job right? In some scarcity position, you may feel, well, damn it, like, I should have taken that other job, but you wouldn't have been happy at that other job, and you would have been in a position, I mean, if, if you're, like, destitute and you can't eat, like, obviously take what you need, right? <laughs> but if you have a little bit of time, and you're just, like, in a place where you're feeling more anxious, then 
maybe perhaps the job that you think that is your dream job is not actually the dream job. There's something actually even higher. And you got a chance to get a little bit of a bite of what that looked like in order to be able to be in a position of saying, this is what I want. And it kind of made it clearer for you. I believe, at least in my case, and my experience is that when you decide to go back on what it is that you want and you settle for the better than nothing thing, it pushes the thing that you really want further away. So take that with a grain of salt. Obviously, you have to make your decisions on what feels best for you and your heart. But already recognize how in your energy, when you stopped applying for things, something came up, right? Exactly. Can we utilize that and make that even stronger? How, can we like lay back and say, okay, I'm going to relax this energy a little bit um, more. And maybe I can even foster and call in something even better towards me. Okay. So you at least got a chance to see in real time how your energy affected your results. Right. Absolutely. But you're not the master at it yet. Neither am I. Okay. <laughs> um, so in that case, you're, you still have a little ways of things that you can still play with in order to get the results that you want. Okay. Does that answer your first question? Yes. Um, keep going. What else happened? Uh, well, I made the decision that I'm moving in nine months uh, to Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> I've honestly, the last like six months, I've just 100% trying to been act on intuition and not really care if it's logical or if other people say it's not rational. Um, but where are you going now? I live in New York. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I've just had this dream of moving to Tennessee for whatever reason. Uh, my heart's just been calling to it for the last few years. And uh, I'm really excited about it, but I'm in like this relationship now, uh, very healthy for the first time in my life. And I feel, I know last session, it was interesting. You said I had a lot of single energy and um, I think I'm more of a, like a runner. Like when I find something good, I want to run from it, especially in relationships so it was just causing a lot of anxiety with my current boyfriend because he really doesn't want me to leave. And I'm very closed off to the idea of a long distance relationship. So it's just kind of been um, a lot with that because on one hand, I'm very excited to move. On the other hand, I'm very determined to not take that relationship with me there. So <laughs> got a question. Are the jobs you're applying for in Tennessee? No. What are you doing, girl? <laughs> uh, well, I would be looking to move in October, so I just would want to work from now until October to get income to move. And then come Got October, it. I would start applying to Tennessee. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is interesting because you sound so much like me. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's why I said, what are you doing, girl? I'm not trying to be funny. No, um, it's okay. I just... I understand yeah. what this looks like. Okay, so let's let's dig into this because energetically, you're trying to apply for jobs, but the jobs that you're trying to apply for are short term, right? Yes. And you're utilizing your energy to say, this is my dream job. This is the thing that I would really love to do, but then you're planning to leave it. So energetically, can that energy signature finish if you're planning to leave? Interesting. Does that make sense? Yes. So imagine you have a flashlight, and flashlight is the energy, okay? As far as the light, wherever you're looking, is as long as the energy goes. And what you're, you're doing is essentially looking for the further thing, the more concrete thing, and then moving your flashlight to the shorter thing. 
So it's shortening the energy that's necessary in order to get the, the big thing that you want. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in this aspect, um, if you know you're leaving, then the better than nothing job probably could be fine. Because you'd be like, well, well, this is just to make income. The energy and what I'm needing for this short amount of time is just to make income. So I don't need to put a lot of precipice on having necessarily the dream job unless, I mean, it's not that that's bad, but um, it would give you experience, but then you would go to Tennessee and they would say, oh, you left after nine months, why? Yeah. And it doesn't serve you in the best way. Anyway, yeah. um, then you have to ask yourself, okay, you finally got in this really like really amazing relationship and you want to leave. Um, again, the flashlight thing. I wanted, I finally called in someone in that was really, really good. Um, and now I want to leave it. I want to maybe perhaps even abandon it before it abandons me. And in this energy, it's also very interesting. Cause like, is there any, any chance he'd go with you? He wants to, but I said no. What? <laughs> Tell me about this. Okay, we got to unpack this. There's something here. Yeah. He, he wants to move. And you said no. Why? I have a deep fear of commitment long term. Okay. Why? Did you say why? Or am I just mm -hmm. hearing things? Um. Historically, I've been in a lot of violent abusive relationships and this person nick is the first man that has ever made me feel safe and i think when i get into a calm relationship i get bored very easily because i'm so used to the toxicity so for whatever reason i have a avoidant like emotional detachment in loving relationships because they don't feel like what i'm used to or I feel like relationships have ended in pain and suffering and me losing myself and feeling caged and trapped. And I'm very scared of feeling that way again. Mm -hmm. So okay. it's sort of that leave before you can get too involved or intimate kind of thing. Yeah. I love how self-aware you are. Gosh, if I had this many clients who just already knew the answer, it would be great. Um, <laughs> so the deal is, is one, you understand your attachment style, which is good. Um, because that means that's something you can integrate and look at and understand that I'm not just avoiding this because I'm not attracted to this person or, you know, whatever. It's because I have deep fear about commitment. Um, two, there's two, one of two ways this can go. One, there's this is someone who could be truly incredibly special to you in your life, who could really make a huge difference and change in the way you look at relationships. Or you intuitionally are kind of reading, this might not be the guy. Um, it's one of two things. Yeah. But what I do think is, is that the way in which you speak about this person, because he's so different from what it is you're used to there and energetically, your signature is telling me and your resonance is telling me you almost don't feel worthy of someone being that nice to you. You don't want someone to give up their life for you. You don't want to have that pressure of feeling like if he uproots his entire life then that might be up to me and then things might end because he'll be upset because I did this or whatever. I don't want to have any responsibility for the possibility of upsetting his life. Exactly. So, which makes sense and understandably so, but if someone's loving you that much and someone is like, yo, I want you to pursue your dreams and I want to go with you. Like, I mean, a lot of people ask for that. <laughs> a lot of people are wanting something like that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, 
I'm not at all saying you shouldn't, this isn't to invalidate how you feel, but I want you to look in your energy and say like, could, how would you, how would you feel if uh, you ended up giving up on this relationship you got there to, to Tennessee and you completely missed him and you were completely disheveled and you were completely like, damn, I just really gave up a really good thing. It would be only someone is telling me that this is, this is almost part of your narrative story. Like, so it, it, it is better to be right than to be happy. In my narrative story, Lauren fucks things up. In my narrative story, Lauren isn't good enough to keep this, that, or the other. Because when you were in those other relationships that were very abusive and terrible, they affirmed your story about how you felt about yourself. So when someone who is trying to give you something, it, 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 it is in disalignment with what you believe about yourself and your past. You even said historically. And I thought that was very important. Um, the energy signature and that word is that historically, statistically, what my pattern is, that's what she said, what my pattern is, is to have things happen this way. So this is what I'm comfortable with. So to step out of your comfort zone and to find something in a new alignment with a different energy where someone could actually show up for you means that you would have to change your lens. Mm -hmm. That means that you would have to change your glasses and take them off and say, actually things operate differently. They don't, they don't go this way. They don't happen this way always for me. Sometimes these have been some, maybe perhaps some of my choices. And in some ways it kind of kicks you in the ass. It's happened to me before. Well. <laughs> um, where you have to start kind of, looking deep into your, your, your patterns. Now you have an incredible amount of self-awareness to understand already know the logistics of why you do the things you do, but we want to dig into the energy of why you do what you do and see if there's any way in which we can shift that you are in protection mode. Okay. Now I'm not going to take away from you that you decided that Tennessee is the place you want to be. Okay. Um, we're not going to say, Oh, you're running and you know, you're doing this or whatever. If you feel called to Tennessee, you feel called to Tennessee and that's fine. Um, I'm going to tell you a story, and if you don't know this already, um, I, I, Paris was where I was supposed to move. Okay, do you already know this about, have you listened to the podcast or anything? Yes, but please refresh my memory. Okay, so Paris was the place I was meant to go. Um, I was living in New York, and I was having the worst time dating because, you know, trash. <laughs> yeah. So if you found somebody in New York, I'm like, congratulations. <laughs> um, but I was having such a hard time because Paris, Paris still has my heart. Paris is still a place that at some point I would love to live for a short amount of time. Um, anyway, so I had told myself, this, this is what was meant to be. This is what's supposed to happen. This is where I'm supposed to go. And in that process, I was still trying to heal from a lot of things that happened to me when I was here at home in Kansas City. So when um, <laughs> it took me more than half a year to apply for the process to get the visa. Everybody said I would get it. The embassy said I would get it. And so I went ahead and let go of my apartment. I went ahead and let go of like all my stuff. I went ahead and like sold everything or whatever, got rid of it. So by the time the visa came, I was able to get on my plane. I had, I had to have the plane ticket ahead of time, whatever. So when that didn't, when I got my letter back and it said I didn't get it, and after my intuition said that I would, after every little sign that I showed that I would get it, um, I was in a devastation that I, I can't describe to you. Like it was the, the, the most massive rug pull from underneath my feet. And then now being homeless, <laughs> having got rid of all of my beautiful belongings and the things that I've, I've loved uh, to narrow down all my stuff down to three suitcases and have to come back to Kansas City, a place I said I would never, ever move back to. Um, the shame that I felt 
and the like whatever. It was terrible. Anyway, so then Spirit came to me and I had a conversation and they decided they were gonna drag me that day. And so what they said was they said, you know, Leah, this isn't the first time this has happened to you. And I'm like, hmm. And I started looking at my pattern historically. Um when I was with um when I was twenty one, how old are you? I'm twenty six. When I was 21, I decided to move to London to be with my boyfriend, which then became my husband, my ex-husband now. Um, I got rid of all my stuff, moved over there without a visa, <laughs> um, tried to figure out the visa thing. The visa thing didn't work out, had to come back, okay? Then had to move again. Why? Because of Peter, my ex, uh, wanted a new job. We moved to New York. Moved to New York, had all the stuff happen. <laughs> Everything fell apart. We got divorced, had to move in. I was homeless, then did the same thing with Paris. So anyway, all that to say, my spirit guides came to me and said, what is it that you're running from? Why do you keep making these giant moves and keep making these big things and keep doing these things and making all these big changes uh, and, and not ever giving yourself any type of sense of stability? And I was like, because I'm supposed to go on this thing. I'm supposed to have this thing. I'm all, I've always been the jet setter. I've always been the person that's kind of out. I've always wanted love, always wanted stability, but my pattern historically has never said that that to be true. So I had to look at and say, okay, what is it that I'm that I'm doing wrong? Now your story is different, but in this case, my spirit guide said, you are always making these decisions based off of what you think or who you think you're going to meet, who you think is going to love you based on that. Uh, yours is the opposite. I'm trying to move away from you. You're trying to move away from the person that loves you. Um, so I was making these decisions out of a conscious um narrative that historically has never served me. I'll move to this country. I'll maybe meet these people. I'll go this. This person doesn't love me either. And continuing to be in a place where I'm not necessarily stabilized. I'm not necessarily in the place where I can shine my flashlight to the furthest thing that I actually really want. I come here to Kansas City, a place that I said I should never be or never go or never whatever. And then I meet the love of my life. Now I'm anchored here. He's got kids here and everything like that. We can't move. We just bought a house. So like the thing that I said it couldn't be was exactly what it was. I said, it can't happen this way. It can't be this way. Um, like, because I wanted to be right about historically how my past has looked instead of being happy and didn't know that the thing that I really didn't want was actually the thing that really made me happy. Now, I'm not telling you that so you would decide not to go to Tansu. I'm not saying that, okay? But I'm telling you that because I wanted you, I want you to be able to look at the, op the opening doors that could be around you job situation is, is tumultuous and uh, energy and you said I don't understand why the universe would do this but at the same time the universe is saying well she's not trying to stay here so her dream job wouldn't serve her because it would keep her from leaving so we want to obey the energy and what she's putting out she wants to move to Tennessee why would we give her this really amazing job that would keep her here so you having to decide what's your priority here energy wise like do you do you want this job do you want Tennessee do you want to get away from this guy? Cause there's another way to make that, that historically true that people don't love me. Or I'm not worthy of love or I don't want to ruin anybody's life or whatever. So in this way you have conflicting energies that are not speaking the same language. And so you have to get in accord, which is to call in alignment with yourself about what does Lauren really want? So that's what we're going to work on today. <laughs> so I figure out what Lauren really wants. Okay. So let's talk about Nate. Okay. Nick is the sweetest man I've ever met in my entire life. Um, I met him in October. It's funny because I did not like him when I met him because I was Tinder dating and Hinge and Bumble and everything. And I my mind was elsewhere. And then 
Where'd you meet him? I met him through one of my best friends. It's her boyfriend's friend. Uh-huh. So we met in October, wasn't emotionally available for him. Um, and in after Halloween, because I went to a Halloween party, he was there. Uh, he was interested in me. He said like he just saw something like he knew and out of nowhere. So he asked my friend for my number or whatever. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, it's so interesting because the way that the energy worked, the second I deleted all my dating apps and I was like, I'm not dating anymore. Nothing's working out. The next day, Nick asked for my number. <laughs> you can't make oh, wait, it up. Can we just highlight that? Yeah. <laughs> it's almost the same thing with the job, right? Yeah. Stop looking. Mm-hmm. Stop putting that external energy out because um, I think that you're a, what they would call feminine core. And a feminine core is an attractor core. So an attractor core is someone who manifests through bringing things to them. Um, you may act opposite. Most of us do. We're like trying to pursue a do, a do, do. We end up adding a lot more resistance to what it is we're trying to bring into our life. So as soon as we're like, fuck it, chill. Oh, it just starts <laughs> because we're an attractor core. Okay? Now him, on the other hand, because he pursued you, is likely a uh, what I would call um, uh, effectiveness core. Someone who goes out, like, finally sees the thing, and they're like, done, go get the thing. So, keep going. Uh, Yeah, it's so true. It never fails, honestly. So, um, we went out a few times, and I was in this mindset, I don't want a relationship. I kind of, not that I wanted a quote-unquote fuck buddy, but I didn't want to get emotionally involved with anyone, because I knew in a year I would be moving. Um, So... We start going out and he asked me out and I said no uh, because I didn't want to jump into another relationship and end up where I was in the past. But then after a while, I just realized I was working with a life coach and I told her, I'm not ready, Jesse. Like, I can't get into another relationship because I'm not ready. And she brought to my attention, she's like, why would you have manifested Nick into your life if you weren't ready? Like, you may never feel ready, but you got to go for it, girl. Yeah. So I said, fuck it. All right, let's go out. And he is such a sensitive, empathic, kind soul. He doesn't have a bad bone in his body. I've never heard him complain. He's like everything I wish I could be. Hold on. (laughs) You're running away from yourself. Can you elaborate on that? He's everything I wish I could be. And if he's everything that I wish I could be, then he's a mirror to what I'm not. Hmm. So if I'm looking at him and I'm seeing all these wonderful attributes and things that I can learn from, I can change, I can move, I can veil, I can take off the glasses. Um, that's, that is in turn a little bit painful because it does have to shift and it, it, it forces you to change in some ways. There are also ways in which you could get on your nerves because it's the it's not quite uh, where you're at. <laughs> um, but it's a pulling. It's a pulling. In any case, when a couple comes together, there's always kind of a pulling of both nodes of people. Like we learn together, that's how they. That's what relationships, I believe, are for. Is that catalytic energy that helps us change and helps us grow. Um, so if he's everything I wish I could be. And that means they're in some area in which you don't feel like you're enough for him. Is that right? Yeah, I feel like I'm going to bring him down by being with him. 
You're so honest, and I love that. <laughs> I try. <laughs> Working on Some people it. are kidding themselves. You're just like straight up like, I feel like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So let's address that. I feel like I'm going to bring him down by being with him. Um, do you not have any good attributes? I have a couple I'm working on. <laughs> I have a couple. Okay. <laughs> That's not true. You have a lot more than that. But, like, let's, let's go through the couple that you can think of. Uh, I like that I'm very highly sensitive. I've mm -hmm. learned to appreciate that about myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I like my empathy, even though it could be a blessing and a curse. I appreciate that, I that. about myself. <laughs> um, I love how connected I am with my spirituality and like a deep knowing of spirit on the other side um, and that faith I have and that trust. And I, I like that I am modest and open-minded and willing to admit where I fuck up and try to learn from that and be better. I mean, those are pretty badass traits. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I almost feel like you said he doesn't ever complain and he's not, doesn't have a bad bone in his body. You're probably teaching him how to be a little bit more honest with himself, uh, a little bit more truthful, a little bit more outspoken in some ways. Like there are ways in which like he may have started to step out of his shell a bit more because of you, it probably was a bit like a big step for him to ask you out in the first place. Um, there are ways in which you can't see how he grows because you're in his life. Okay. So to make the assumption that you're bringing him down is just another limiting belief. Okay. So we just want to address that, integrate that inside. Okay. You're not bringing him down by being with him unless it is your intention. Okay. Which I don't believe it is. Okay. Next, uh, talk to me about this conversation about you have from the beginning saying, I want to move to Tennessee and how he decided he wants to be part of that. I told him in, I'd say, December when we were talking about, like, our goals for the future. And I said, in the next year, I'm moving out of state because if I'm moving, um, I'm not staying in New York. Like, it's time for me to spread my wings. So he was very supportive. He's like, that's great. Like, I'm happy for you. But then yesterday or the day before when it came down to, like, this is when I plan on moving. This is when I plan on putting a down payment on the house. Um, I think he understandably had a lot of anxiety and fear and he panicked and he's like, no, please let me come with you or wait for me, like wait another year and let me come with you. And I was like, I'm not putting my dreams on pause for anyone. Um, and we'll see where it is in October with the intention of cutting the relationship because I don't think I can do long distance, not that I could do long distance, but I'm also starting my doctoral program in September. So a doctoral program, moving, working full time with a relationship on top, it's a lot for me to carry, especially as someone that's very sensitive and I have to navigate all those things. Capacity. Yes. So um, Nick was feeling a lot of um, like panic and distress because I'm sorry. Projection. Yeah. He said, I feel like if I did something better, you wouldn't be moving. And I tried to make him, I tried to really hold that and give him that space and empathy and say, like, I've, I understand why you would feel that way, but nothing I do is about you. It's not personal. Like me chasing my goals 
and wanting to accomplish my dreams. Like maybe our timelines just aren't aligning, but it has nothing to do with your worth. Okay. So everything the way in which you're saying it, I, I, I'm envisioning if you're saying it that way to him, you're coming off very cold and which is okay. Cause that might just be how you communicate. <laughs> but the deal is, is that like what I'm hearing in your energetic signatures, which we always listen for is that there is a portion of yourself that is intentionally trying to cut yourself off and cut yourself away. And in this, this cutting, this is the way in which you're trying to preserve your energy and in preserving your sensitivity, because I almost feel like you would be super crushed in this process of losing this relationship. At least that's what your energetic signature is saying. Like you could in, internally be like, nah, like, oh, he's just not the one. And if that was the case, I would believe you. But you, your voice isn't saying that. Your voice is saying, I'm really fucking scared that if I take him down there, like, I'm not, one, going to have the capacity to be able to do what I want to do. Two, I don't want anything to be taken away from me that's been taken away from me in the past. Three, I don't want to bring anybody else down by being in their life in some kind of way. Four, I don't feel worthy of someone being able to change and move their life for me into any type of capacity because I don't want to carry the emotional burden I feel it would be in order to feel that would to, to satiate someone else's needs. I don't want to be someone's everything because I... I'm scared of doing that. I'm scared of being that. Okay. These are all truths. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So if that's the case, there, there's one or two things. Okay. One, either you're making this decision because ultimately you understand and know that like I have these goals, this relationship is getting in my way. Okay. That's one way. That's not what I'm hearing from you. That's just another way to interpret it. What I'm hearing from you is just fear. <laughs> What I'm hearing from you is like, we could have our little house and we could do this and we could be down and south. And in the fall, the trees would look like this. And it would be so nice to have someone emotionally supporting me while I'm going through all this really hard shit. And it would be really nice to have someone by my side where I don't have to be alone. And someone who cares about me and supports me and wants to be there for me. I just don't want to be responsible in case he's not happy. But understand, like, if he decides to make that choice, that's his choice. So, like, that has nothing to do with you if that choice for him doesn't necessarily pan out because, like, he decided, and that's not your responsibility. Now, what what's coming up for me, too, is the, um, I don't know if we ever talked about this, I don't see it in our notes or anything, but um, in, your, in your childhood, having to carry the burdens emotionally for other people in your family because you're super sensitive. So, because of doing that, you feel that you need to carry the emotional burdens of your partners as well. And we just need to nix that right now. <laughs> okay. Because you are, Nick is an autonomous person and he can make his own decisions. He's an adult too. So if he's deciding and says, I want to go with you, like, I don't want to be without you. I'm committed to this relationship. I want to give of myself and make a sacrifice. Who knows? Maybe it's not a sacrifice at all. Maybe this is like the best thing that ever happened to him since baked bread, you know? Like you could be in this position where you, like you're you're amplifying his life and changing it in an, an incredible way. And instead of interpreting that as like I'm bringing him down, like you could be helping him grow. Like that could be a big deal. But and immediately I felt your um your energy shift in a fear like yeah. real quick. <laughs> your whole stomach like dropping your butt. Um, that idea of having to make that commitment um, because you, it was easier for you to commit to people who didn't treat you well. Because at some point you understood that you knew that this was going to end. 
right? And you may have held on to them longer because you were like, they were more like, I don't know if I want to be with you. You're like, no, stay. Because in that way, it wasn't your choice. But now you have the choice and now you're like, uh, better just run. <laughs> better to just leave. Um, I believe that this person, the way you speak about him, the way he, I believe that he loves you, like, pretty intensely. Um, and in your emotionality and your sensitivity, this is someone that's trying to offer you something that you probably haven't had your whole life. Yeah. So, like, just for a second, close your eyes. Just close your eyes, okay? And without thinking about any of the fear and any of the decisions or anything like that, what is it like to be in his presence? Don't even tell me yet. Just imagine he's sitting right with us, okay? I just want you to feel that. I want you to think about the way he looks at you, how affectionate he is, what he says to you, how he allows you to communicate, how I imagine that you don't have to put on for him. When he lets you just be who you are and you can be mean to him or whatever. And he's like, I'm still here. He's not going anywhere. He's not abandoning you. In fact, he wants to chase you. And in this way, it's very, very mysterious to you because you haven't ever had that before. It's almost like you don't trust it. You're scared to trust it because this is all you've been ever asking for. But the universe be so kind to give you that. Do you feel worthy of that? Answer me. No. No. Why? Because I feel like I'm not lovable. Mm. Feel like I'm not lovable. And who told you that? When I was adopted, I felt rejected and unwanted. you wish to make Nick feel? No. No. Um, but because you felt rejected and unwanted, you've learned that your wall is your safety blanket. Yeah. Right. Um, what does this wall give you? Protection. What else? Validation that I'm right. What else? It keeps me from getting hurt in some way, I'd say. What does, look like, what does getting hurt look like? Um, it just looks like you giving your all to someone and it not being good enough for them. Say that again? Giving your best to someone and it still not being good enough for them. Have you been giving your best to Nick? Probably not. <laughs> Is he giving his best to you? Yes. You sure? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So imagine the scenario. You can open your eyes. You can open your eyes, sweetie. <laughs> so getting hurt looks like giving your best and still not being good enough for them. And then you say, Nick is giving your best to you and 
him still in, in his eyes not being good enough for you. He said, if I had done something better, then maybe you wouldn't leave, right? So he, you are essentially, and this is not your fault because you're still dealing with some of your own stuff that you're trying to sort through. I just want you to be able to see it empathically, which I think you can very well see that the thing that you're afraid of is the very thing you're putting him through. Okay, does that make sense? Now, if you didn't love this person or if you didn't feel like this person was the one that had, that had nothing to do with you, okay? You can just leave that on the ash and it's like, sorry, this is not how I feel. Um, that's not what you're saying to me, though. Like, you feel immense things for this person. Um, you said something earlier about when things feel calm, they feel bored. Boring. Um, there's a meme that was going around for a long time that said something along the lines of, um, when you're used to, you probably saw it, <laughs> when you're used to tumultuous relationships or things that are like really hard, when you feel something healthy, it may feel boring to you. And your, your, your nervous system is used to kind of like the up and down roller coaster of something that feels like it should be, uh, quite frankly, unhealthy in some kind of way. So when something good comes along, perhaps it is boring to you. If it's actually boring, then like, that's not the relationship you should be in. Okay. But that's not what you're telling me. The, the thing is, is that like you're looking for some new adventure. You're looking for something else to peak that kind of hype of that dopamine response of having something to look forward to or something different to ha happen in your life. I understand this because I'm one of these people, um, like always looking for the next thing or whatever, like even possibly buying this house was another one of those things. And now what is it? Is it okay? Now we have to fix up the house. And then what is it? It's the baby, you know, always kind of looking for some big change in our life. Um, it could be, it has something to do with your, um, what is it called? There's an astrological, what's your uh, sign? Cancer. Oh, duh. Yes. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> so um, in that, like there are aspects of us where we learn by the storm. And if we learn by the storm, we learn by the aspect of which um, when catalysts come into our life to help accelerate our growth very quickly. You learn very fast. I know that about you already. But in that aspect, like you're finding that these more nuanced situations are causing you a lot more um, emotional shift or emotional, even emotional pain because you're having to grow faster than most people do. And in this case, like you're bringing yourself to a relationship that's saying, okay, like looking hurt looks like giving my best and not getting my all. So I'm not going to give my best. I'm not going to give my all. I'm going to keep myself protected and keep myself emotionally unavailable and keep myself not vulnerable um, even though this person is giving me something, but what would happen? Because I feel like, which which hurt would you prefer? Would you prefer the hurt of giving your all and then someone being like, you know, this isn't enough, which I don't think that that's what that person is going to do. Um, or the hurt of cutting yourself off from something that could have been really good. I honestly have to say the latter because the former when I did that in the relationship at 21, it, I don't want to say it destroyed me because I came out stronger, but I don't know my capacity to deal with that again. To deal with being rejected. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. You said the latter, the later. Um, so the one, so of, the one that would crush you more is to have the relationship not work out. Right. So, well, um, I'm sorry. I would rather the hurt of giving up on something that could have been really good at this point oh, okay. in my life. Um, okay, and that's an honest answer. So the hurt of giving up on something really good, 
because it keeps you in your narrative and keeps you in your alignment. It doesn't actually force you to grow. It doesn't actually have any uh, qualms because this may be something that you're more used to. It keeps you from having to actually confront and open up old wounding to deal with that hurt of the pain that almost devastated you last time, right? So I guess the better question to ask is, is do you prefer to grow? I would and it's okay to. if the answer is no. I would honestly like to. I mean, that's why I got into the relationship with Nick in the first place, because I knew it would be uncomfortable and I wanted to push myself to grow and force to be in that discomfort, which would potentially have more benefits than risks. Mm-hmm. And you're, um, you're a very logical person. Are you an E, do you, do you have Myers-Briggs? Yes. Are you an ENTJ? INFJ. INFJ. I didn't see that at all. <laughs> yeah, very, I'm very introverted. extroverted, but really? <laughs> INFJ. Okay. Um, because the way in which you speak is very like, I think, not I feel. Um, these are the logical kind of steps or whatever. And that could be as a result of a lot of your pain. You're just speaking out of a lot of that. Um, I want to look at the cards. Let's see. Let's see. I want to look at the cards and see what they have to say about the situation. Because I think, like, we've, we've already brought up the, the big points that we need to talk about today as far as alignment and energy and where you're putting it and how it's starting to separate. Um, also, with your fear and recognizing what it is that you've manifested into your life in order to grow you past the place that you have not been before and understanding that, like, okay, I'm actually in the process of trying to cut off something that could be really amazing for me um, because I'm scared, just simply because I'm scared um, and dealing with fear and what that looks like. So... I want to ask the cards. I wouldn't say I'm going to ask them what you should do because I think you know what you should do, but I'm going to ask them just reflexively, like what is the input on the situation and how does that look? Okay. Okay. Uh, Before we do this, can you take in three deep breaths and then say your name three times? Lauren Michelle Coletti, Lauren Michelle Coletti, Lauren Michelle Coletti. Guides, guys, angels, and ancestors, please be with us as we go through Lauren's reading that would bring forth what is in her best and highest good, remove anything that's causing resistance in her path from living her best life and her best purpose. So be it. All right. Actually, I'm going to pull everything first. I normally read them as we go. Just gonna pull on now and see. Oh, keyboard. Pull this first. All right. So, top of the position, you have the all tied up card. Okay. This is the emotional cords and the things that you're like essentially afraid of, the things that you're letting kind of hold you down in some kind of way. You may imagine that you're the person holding other people down, but in fact, it's just you holding yourself down. <laughs> okay. Uh, so in this way, the, the, the cards are essentially saying like in that in your top position is that there is a, a cutting and a releasing that is necessary for you to break through and get to a place where you're having a better connection, not just with spirit, but with yourself and with circumstances and situations that you've been trying to manifest for a long time. It's interesting because without getting into the whatever's already here is that you're already on your path. 
and you're already in that manifestation, you've learned how to manifest and then you turn to say no to the manifestations. So interestingly enough, you're starting to learn how to bring those things into your life, but then being afraid that they don't work because they don't align with how your life used to be, but you're not who you used to be either. And so it's time to kind of let go of those old ties. Okay. Now, when you do that and you're feminine energetic, you have the blossoming abundance card, which says, okay, I'm ready to receive. I'm ready for things to get better. I'm, excuse me, I'm ready for things to, to kind of come into play where I, I actually have what it is that I've been trying to manifest and look for. However, in the heart position, because you won't open up your heart, your cornucopia is delayed. So the cornucopia is the, the harvest, everything that you've been working for. Ironically enough, the cornucopia card is also fall. So moving in the fall, Tennessee or whatever, this is kind of, this is in your heart line. So this is kind of what's important to you, but there's, there's resistance there. There's a lot of resistance there because you're still tied into a lie or a limiting belief that says you can't have it at all. Okay. I'm at capacity. I'm a sensitivity. I got to protect myself first. Um, which, you know, it's not a bad thing, but if you're in self-protection mode all the time, you're not only protecting yourself from the bad things, you're also protecting yourself from the good things. So it's hard for those things to come in. Next is woman holding the coin in the masculine energetic position. So I'm the only one that can bring myself value. So people want to bring me value, but I don't want to deal with it because I don't think that I'm worthy of it. So I'm the one that has to go out and, and, and fend and get the money and do this and do that and show up and say that I'm good enough. Because if I let someone else contribute to my life in some kind of way, I won't feel worthy of what it is they're trying to give me. So I must be in this masculine position all the time of what it is in which I'm trying to, to bring into my life uh, worth-wise or, or even money-wise. And then next, right after woman holding the point, is man holding the point in the feminine energetic position. So here's homeboy trying to give you something, trying to give you value in your feminine position. Feminine position is receiving. Um, so you can be in your receiving position and you're going, nah. <laughs> No, I don't think so. And it's trying to give you something to, for you to receive. So it's funny because these cards come back to back. So this is you fighting with whether or not you're going to give yourself value versus some, letting someone else give you value as well. So, okay. Next is, so when you allow people to give you value, you're on your path. You're on the right path and things end up being a lot easier for you. Spirit shows up. I want to say easier. They end up being better as far as like what your manifestation goes through because sometimes the good things are harder to get through. You having to accept someone loving you could be harder than you getting uh, rejected because you're used to that or used to how that would look in some kind of way. So the temple path card means that when you're letting yourself and allowing yourself to open up, you're receiving not only abundance, you're receiving the things you've been working hard for it and tour and letting someone else contribute to your life can actually put you on the right path. It's not necessarily feeling you have to pull everything by yourself. Next, you have the walking away card in the reverse position, in the energy, in the feminine energetic position. So walking away, funny enough, in your feminine energy doesn't feel right. And your masculine energy is, is great because this you got the Michael card in the unrooting position, okay? So like it feels great when I'm in my masculine to be unrooted and to go here and to not have security and not to be stable and just move things in some so there's some something going on. There's some calamity, some tragedy, some newness, some something to look forward to in some kind of way. I have to figure out a problem. But in your feminine energetic, your feminine energetic is like, I, I want to stay. And not stay in New York, but I want to stay with this person. This is the card that's next to you. Okay. Now, on the unrooting card, the unrooting card comes up in the masculine energetic on that side is like, you, you always feel like you have to do something. And this is catty corner to woman holding the coin card, meaning that like, 
if I want to bring value to myself in any kind of way, I have to do something all the time. I have to unroot myself constantly. I have to keep being myself in a place where I feel uncertain because that's what feels normal to me. And my base level and my energy, that's what feels like what I'm used to. My family didn't feel stable. My relationships didn't feel stable. So why should I feel stable now? And someone's sitting here trying to give you stability and you're like, oh, no. Um, so <laughs> here in the heart line, you have the yin and yang card in the reverse position, meaning that you're in your masculine. It comes directly under the cornucopia. It's all everything that we just said, so don't need more clarification there. But the only thing that uh, is good on this side is that it comes underneath the all tied up card. So you do need to do something to cut these cords in order to keep these things from holding you back from the life that you actually really want, okay? The next cards are about energy, and they work in tandem. Okay. You have the deceit card on the feminine energetic position in the reverse, meaning that you're deceiving yourself about your abundance. Mm -hmm. So things in that which are trying to come into your life, you're deceiving yourself about seeing like, I, I, I don't deserve these things. I'm not worthy of these things. I'm not lovable and so on. Um, which then comes in the community card in the reverse position as well. It means that you isolate yourself. You don't feel good enough. You block people out. You try to keep them out. I'm going I'm to give myself value. So I don't want to be a burden on anyone. I don't want anybody to have to take on any of my stuff. So I'm going to separate myself in this way. And this is how I keep myself protected. I don't want to give my all to someone and someone reject me and show me what I feel about myself. So essentially, like, if someone came up to you and said, oh, my God, Lauren, your hair is blue. Oh, how disgusting. <laughs> you would just laugh in their face because you'd be like, you fucking stupid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but if someone comes up to you and say, oh, gosh, Lauren, you're just like, you're, you're just a terrible girlfriend. And you just, you're not someone anybody should ever love. Like, you're, you're not good enough for this person. Woo, that would tear you up inside because it's something you believe about yourself. So this is, this is kind of what we look at when we look at mirrors is that like when we, we isolate ourselves because we don't want anybody to show us what we feel about ourselves because what we feel about ourselves is usually worse than what the world actually, actually ever sees about us. Anybody ever say that to you though, that's what you can't handle. That's what you don't want. You don't want someone to reject you and be in the position of I'm giving my all and still not being good enough because you believe that about yourself. So if you get to get to a place where you say, I don't actually believe that about myself. I'm fucking lovable and I'm Beyonce. Like then... You, get, you put yourself in a position when someone rejects you, you're like, that's on you, okay? You're lost. It doesn't feel so devastating anymore. I feel like you've changed significantly since your last relationship. So the fear that you have is valid, but I don't think it'll affect you the same because you, you know things about yourself that you, you didn't know about yourself before. However, what the struggle is and the fear comes from is that limiting belief and that deceit that you're still telling yourself. I am this person. This is what I'm worth. This is what I'm not worth. And I understand what you're going through because when I had – David, I still struggle with looking in the mirror and being like, how the fuck does this person love me? Like, I'm pregnant, and my feet look like elephantitis right now, and I just have all kinds of stuff where I feel disgusting. And I'm like, how can this person still look at me like like that? Like, how can this person still want to kiss me or whatever? Like, I still struggle with that internally, mentally. And so I understand where you're coming from. It's just that, like, I'm not willing to give up what I find. It took so long to manifest in order to keep the lie. I don't want to keep lying more. And I, I, I don't think you do either. So this card being incredibly important to this process of saying, you, you're the one tying yourself down. You don't tie anybody else down. You don't bring anybody else down. You're bringing yourself down. I don't say that in an aggressive, mean way. I mean, it's just it's a simple truth of saying, the, the things that you are fearful of that, that will devastate you the most are the things that you believe about yourself. No one can devastate you in that way if you didn't believe it. 
So I want you to keep that analogy with you. Do you have blue hair? No, you don't have blue hair. Are you unlovable? I know you don't believe that, but mm -hmm. we're working on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's kind of your homework this week uh, is to start looking at that. Um, I want you to, before we schedule another appointment, because I have to have everybody do their homework before they schedule another appointment, because people don't do their homework. Um, <laughs> I want you to have a conversation with Nick about this, this aspect of your vulnerability. I want you to say, I, I, this, I'm having a problem with you coming with me because I'm afraid that you'll get there and you won't like it. And I have a feeling afraid that I'm, I'm not good enough or that at some point you're going to reject me. You're going to this. I'm just, I'm super scared of what this looks like. Give them him the opportunity to show up for you, reassure you, tell you what he feels, tell you what's true. Like you can still have your limiting beliefs, but allow him in, let down your wall, have that conversation which, girl, I already feel your energy like, <laughs> okay, this, this is your homework. You cannot schedule another session until you do that aspect of it. I really would like you to try to do that this week. Okay. Um, so have a conversation with him. Let your walls down. Talk to him about what you're scared of, what you're afraid of, what your past, like, I know he knows what your past looks like, um, but saying this is kind of why I've been this way. I've been trying to push you away. Because I actually really have deep feelings for you. And I'm so scared that this might end. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I'm really scared of losing it. If that's how you feel. Okay. Okay? Okay. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Do you have any questions? Um, if, if there is anything um, like spirit guidance for this week that might be communicated... It would just like really help me if there was like a message that I could carry with yeah. me too. Let me, let me see. Let's just connect. Okay. Okay. Well, the first thing that they're saying is definitely the aspect of unlovable and uh, essentially where this word comes from and, and the foundation of your internal makings of your childhood, um, that rejection and abandonment that you felt at some point. Uh, being very crucial and important to the way you operate in the world. And so for this week, being very important that you start to create some type of, um, it's funny, they're not saying mantra. They're saying like, it's, have you ever done mirror work before? A little bit dabbled. <laughs> um, so they're saying kind of like this idea of like you getting in the mirror and you saying every terrible thing about yourself that you think, right? Get it out of the body and then make it a solid intention about what you're replacing it with. So to get it out of the body energetically and then to put something better in, okay? The aspect of unlovable, it's like trying to translate, like it comes in as a feeling and then I have to like put words to it. Um, most importantly is they're showing me like you writing in your journal, like where did this come from? Because for you, the way things work is like, if you can find the reason it, then it's easy for you to kind of switch and make a new move. So being able to look for where it came from, where this idea originates, like um, they're showing me the movie inception. <laughs> so the depth of an idea, where did the idea come from and looking into that, um, 
and that like it's funny someone that says she's not gonna think it's super spiritual <laughs> um, but 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 the digging is the, the digging is so leaning into your intuition give yourself an opportunity for meditation and say why do I feel this way can can you give me a situation and be open to what comes up maybe you'll get a vision of a specific instant that happened in your family or something like that um, when I was in Bali I was struggling really hard with why can't I call it a mate and I, while I was in Shavasana, a yoga class or something, I had that vision of some, when I was nine years old, um, being at gymnastics class and my parents um, hadn't paid the balance for the money that they owed for my class. So I had to go to my parents all the time and ask them, ask them, do you have the money? Do you have the money? And then recognizing, realizing that like when I ask for things, it hurts people. When I ask for them, it makes sense. I'm, you're an empathic child. So was I. So when I had to ask them for things I could feel in their spirit, that that made them sad. And so I said, okay, then I don't want to ask for anything. And then that closed up my energetic opening for someone to be able to come and offer value to me in my life, man holding a coin. And so in that way, it felt, it felt, it felt like I don't want to be a burden to anyone. I don't want to have to ask for anyone. So I was always going out with that energy of like, I don't need anyone because I don't want to hurt anyone. But guess what? That kept anybody from manifesting in my life because energetically says, fuck off. I don't need y'all. You know what I mean? So in the same way, allow yourself to meditate and sit with the answer of like, where did unlovable come from? And, um, I want you if someone's saying there's three situations for you that are going to come up. So allow yourself to write down what those are. And I want you to send those to me. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> it's like good to be in your energy. Oh, thank you so much. I'm a sweet person. Oh.